0: You're listening to The Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on Hi fm It's Women's Day and we're joined by Jennifer Amy Stoller today to chat about where we stand as a, as a community uh, with regards to the changes that have taken place and have we seen much. Jennifer, welcome to the show.
1: How's it, Chad? How are you?
0: Always good and always great to chat to you. We haven't chatted in a while.
1: Yeah, I think the first time that we chatted was the beginning of lockdown, and then we obviously didn't realize that we would still be in this situation. But yeah, it's all good. How have you been? What's up?
0: It's it's good. It's good. Um, I was going through some posts that I'd made because Facebook has this sometimes good, sometimes bad reminder of what you've posted the year before, the year before that, the year before that, for however long you've been on on Facebook, and we always seem to say the same thing. Well, I seem to anyway, and that is why are, we, why are we so active during the month of August in exposing the abuse that women go through, exposing GBV, talking about these issues, seeing a lot of reaction from government, and then for the other 11 months of the year, we don't hear very much.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think I think it's one of those situations where... Um, well, firstly, we are lucky to have a month even dedicated to women's rights. All over the world, there are some countries that literally completely disregard women, right? But I, I completely agree with you in, in that. And I do think that some people do take steps in order to... To protect women on the other months of the year. But obviously August is, is a dedicated month. And yeah, I'm also guilty of that. Although I do spend my time, um, educating and empowering humans in, in essence, uh, August, I do ramp it up a bit more. But yeah, I think, I think at least something is being done. Do you know what I mean?
0: I, I agree with you. I think it's very important to highlight, um, what's happening. It's important to remember this particular day. That woman marched on the union buildings in South Africa demanding rights, not just from a, a race, racial perspective, but also from a, a gender perspective. Yet 65 years later, we're still living in a country with such an incredibly liberal constitution, with so many rights afforded to to other genders, to children, to people with special needs. Yet we also, the country that has the highest rape statistics, the highest Femicide. It doesn't seem to tell you. And this is a, a question I ask myself every year and I can't seem to answer the question. How is it that we've got so many powerful women in authoritarian positions? We have one of the most representative parliaments in the world, yet conversely, rape is so high and GBV is so high.
1: So I think, so if you had to ask me this question when I was a complete full-time attorney, obviously my answer would have been a bit different, but now I'm going to give it a bit of like a twofold answer. So firstly, in terms of our constitution, I think so many people have rights, but we, we don't really focus on the responsibilities as much as we focus on rights. Do you know what I mean? So yes, we can throw around that this person has rights and this person and this constitution protects people, but one, are those rights enforceable where people are looking at their responsibilities? And two, as a society, I know even me on a personal level, as well as the clients that I've dealt with, sometimes as, as women, we get ourselves, we can be powerful in our professional lives, but we get ourselves in personal relationships where we're devalued where and we, we allow that. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not saying that every single person and every single woman does that, but now with what I do in my coaching space and all of that is that I try build the human before I focus on the law, because let's be honest, if a woman thinks that they deserve to be abused and they deserve to be treated like um, rubbish and they deserve to to be put down every single day of their lives, how do you how how does the law protect that person when it's so far gone? Do you know what I mean?
0: I see what you're saying. So there's a psychological change that needs to be, ta- that takes place. And it's not just that we have to be reliant on the authorities and having all these wonderful laws in place and all these organizations that are there to help women, but it's also the woman herself that needs to be able to take a stand. But that being said, does she know that these support mechanisms exist? Because a lot of women feel alone out there
1: hundred percent. And that's, that's exactly what my, my vision and my mission is, is that, and, and I obviously know I can't do it alone. It's beyond me. And I try to get other people in this kind of um, tribe that I'm building. I I think we, we've reached a point where, and I, and I say this and people can agree with me, disagree with me, but the law doesn't serve you until you serve yourself. So I'll give you an example. Let's say, for example, you're in a really, really abusive relationship and it's gone on for for years or months or even weeks. And now you come to me as an attorney and say, Jen, I need to get a protection order. Like if you have to think of it, practically a protection order is a piece of paper. Okay. That piece of paper. Yes. You can call the, the police. If that person had to come in into your space and try hurt you. But firstly, to get a protection order, you need to know how to do it. So, which means that you in some circumstances need to have money to pay an attorney. Then you need to know how to enforce it. And by that time, I think that our our population, especially of women, aren't empowered and educated where they get to a point that, one, they don't even know how to get the mechanism. And two, that mechanism doesn't work because they haven't set those boundaries and they haven't got that protection of when that person comes to hurt them, they're going to throw a piece of paper in front of them. the police might not even rock up. And now we have a really, really bad situation, which can sometimes be um, like deathly.
0: It's a very sad situation, something we're going to talk more about once we've had a little word from our advertisers. You're listening to The Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on High FM. It's Women's Day, and my guest today is a specialist in helping women get out of particularly damaging relationships and help humans to divorce from not just one another, but from the feelings and the emotions that come with it. Jennifer Amy Stoller, I've, I've followed a lot of your posts. I've seen what you have had to say regarding helping people remove themselves from situations that are not good for them and it's negative and it's, 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 it's a, it's a position a lot of women find themselves in, but they can't extricate themselves from it. Do you still find that there's a stigma attached with people leaving relationships when they have children or when they're married.
1: 100%. 100%. I think, and that's what my, my vision is to change the narrative on divorce, right? So, or even breaking up or leaving. And I, I haven't up until now shared a lot of my own personal journey in that I've been in very toxic relationships. I've been in very abusive relationships. And if, like, I would look at my own life and see, the professional level, like I was an attorney, do you know what I mean? That would fight for people. I still am, but a full time attorney that would fight for people to protect themselves. And I found myself in that situation. And I started to take a step back and go, if I felt shame when I've been empowered and educated, and if I felt like I was nothing and I, I felt like I wasn't enough. How do people feel that they actually are stuck financially or with children and all of that? So like, for me now I I show people what to do before the law and I just wanted to, like I wrote down a few tips actually right now, because I think it's so valuable for people that are listening that firstly, like three tips on how to avoid massive abuse. So I was in an abusive relationship, but I got out. Do you know what I mean? Like I, although I, I didn't really see the signs in the beginning, but there are signs and the the signs you don't really see because you, one, love and care about that person. But there are narcissistic traits. And like for me, I try show, to show people if anything and kind of break it down, if anything makes you feel less than, if anything makes you feel like you're not enough, generally it is a bit abusive. Do you know what I mean? Um, and then the second one would be reach out. Okay, like as much as like we, the problem is when you're dating someone that's abusive or you're with someone that's abusive, generally they convince you that you're the problem, right? Generally, you're the one that thinks it needs to change everything. So for anyone that's listening, reach out, even DM me and say, this is what's happening. Is this abuse? Because sometimes you feel like you're going crazy. Like you genuinely feel like you're going crazy. And then the third one would be like, get assistance whether it's from a therapist whether it's from contacting a hotline like you need to be able to because sometimes you can actually avoid how bad the abuse gets and getting stuck but you just have to kind of trust yourself and see wow this is quite abusive let me try get assistance because it's very manipulative I don't know if you've been in that situation before or not or you've seen it
0: I've seen it on multiple times. I've seen toxic relationships from both parts. I've seen relationships where people are together merely because they may have children, not realizing they're making it worse for the children. Or there's that financial aspect where a person's become used to a certain way of life, a certain lifestyle, and they're scared to get out of it. And then, of course, there is the stigma, especially within certain religious communities, within the greater community. And that's something I want to touch on with you. Mm. How do people speak out and how do they move on if they become dependent on the abuser?
1: So I think dependence has different levels. So you get obviously financial dependence, but once again, it if you are financially dependent on someone in a divorce, you can get maintenance. You can do rule forty. There's so many mechanisms that actually allow you to get that person to even pay your legal fees. But what I found is that it's the psychological abuse that is the worst because that allows people to not even explore those avenues. And I think the stigma um, lies with each individual person. Like I'll put it in perspective I try to show each individual like like everything else is noise. If you are unhappy and you're being abused and you're being treated like you're nothing and your kids are getting exposed to that or anything that's making you feel like you're less than like a human being and you care about the stigma in a in a community, I find you're part of the problem. Like and I know that's gonna sound quite harsh, but it's it's one of those things where you're kind of being a martyr for other people's views. And I don't think that that's fair on you. And I think people that create that stigma, if you think that they probably aren't unhappy in their own personal lives and they're hiding it very well, we're very incorrect. Do you know what I mean? There's no, like people live very, very double lives and you live one life and it's up to you to break the stigma, I can only do as much as possible. I can say divorce is not bad, it's how you divorce. I can rant and rave, but if people aren't going, hmm, like I actually agree and I'm going to take action to protect myself and my kids, uh, what I'm trying to preach, it becomes a bit redundant. Do you know what I mean? Because it's not actually helping people if they're not willing to stand up for themselves.
0: Very true and very, very wise words. I play this song every year. Um, ever since it came out. It may seem very cliché. You're listening to The Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on High fm So today we're not talking corruption. We're talking all about Women's Day And joining us intermittently, because you know, (laughs) if one looks at the state of technology, we still have issues and we are broadcasting remotely. But joining us intermittently is Jennifer Amy Stoller, well known attorney from Johannesburg. Jennifer, welcome back. Thanks.
1: Thank you. Honestly, technology hates me so much like that. My Mac never, ever, ever um stalls. But I think because I'm sitting in the car and it's like 7,000 degrees. I just gave up.
0: (laughs) You know, it's been difficult since March last year. We we have been broadcasting remotely and I was so used to sitting in a studio where Craig, our, our studio engineer, has got everything lined up perfectly and you can take cues from him and now having to Learn all of this. 18 months down the line, still battling, still finding it hard, still learning the tricks of the trade. This afternoon's going to be even worse because I'm hosting the afternoon drive, and there, there's all these different facilities that you have to have opened up that you look at. There's the traffic report, there's the report from the guests. It's, It's 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 absolutely madness. But don't worry, we have this on a regular basis. So I wanted to ask you this, and this is the last bit of the of the interview for today we see misogyny in so many forms we call it out we've got so many movements um like the me too movement that came about and the woke movement that's there just just to to try and make a difference in respect of gbv in respect of um acceptance of people for for them wanting to be who they want to be yet when one looks to A country like America, we saw the election of perhaps one of the biggest misogynists of our time um, some five years ago. And we see that he's planning another stand perhaps for 2024 to be president once again. This particular individual has proven time and time again that women are mere tools for him. They're mere things to play with. Yet a large part of his support base are women why Why are we tolerating misogynists in our midst, and why are they not being called out for what they are
1: I think so that 's such a hard question, and i 'll tell you why because for me um, I think it also depends on so i actually like i I see misogyny obviously, but I also just see like is someone an idiot or, or aren't they like I know that sounds like really really to the point, but it 's one of those situations where I've, I grew up in a in a position, and also what I tell my clients to do is that if you get treated like you are um, less than someone or whatever, whether you're male, female, black, white, black, Indian, whatever, you you like people only treat you the way that you kind of allow them to treat you, and I want to explain on that because I know I'll probably get a lot of flack for it, but. Do, is he getting called, like, did that person get called out 100%, right? When you have, um, females that are supporting him, maybe we have to ask them, are you, are you supporting, are you supporting him because of his political views? Are you supporting, like, why are you supporting him? And if you put it very, very firmly, a lot of women actually don't even back other women, right? Like, I've been in so many situations where I've been treated worse by other women than I've been treated by men. Do you know what I mean? So it's one of those situations where it's literally like um, that. that is the biggest thing. And now, okay, I'm going to give you a perfect example because I'm actually on the road right now. I now have someone walking towards my car, right, staring at me. I was scared now. Do you know what I mean? Would another man be scared sitting in their car while they're on an interview? Like right now I had someone literally walking. They walked a little bit closer to my car and I've got like a bit of a heart attack. I don't know if if men are feeling that. Do you as a man feel that fear that a woman would fear? Because like right now is a perfect example of me going, oh my word, like what if this person comes and bashes my window? Will I drive away? I'm on an interview. Do you know what I mean? So I think, I don't know. I think it's misogyny is very rife. I do think some people are called out for it, but will it change? I don't think so. Will it get better when, as women get stronger? 100%. Because I'm a firm believer the only way to, to kind of get rid of dark is to be extremely light yourself.
0: So let's talk about women being together and talking amongst themselves. I would obviously never be party to such a conversation. And in that conversation that these friends are having, one of the others raises an issue – relating to abuse that's taken place at her home. Is it is it the responsibility of those other women to do something about it, even if they think, oh, well, she's she's accepted it for so long, she's just carrying on whining like usual, should, it, should they be the ones to take a stand? I know people are scared to do this. They don't want to ruin relationships. They don't want to be seen to be troublemakers. But if somebody constantly brings something up, shouldn't the other other people that are part of that conversation try to do something about it?
1: So there's two things to this. So the first thing is actually women don't really speak about that. There's a sense of shame in it. Like I know many women that uh, people that like, even to have example, we can use reva as an example. Not many people knew that there was a potential abusive relationship, strong women or women that are stuck in shame. Don't speak about it. Cause what will happen is that they'll speak about it and then they'll go back and forgive that person. That makes them look stupid, right? That's what they feel. The second thing is that when they are speaking about it, um, it's very, very hard because I've personally been in a situation where I said, I don't care. I'm calling that person. I'm getting a protection order because you can actually get a protection order um, on behalf of someone. Um, I've taken a stand and that person who was a very close friend to me told me not to and begged me not to. So now you're in a situation where you go, this person that is, that is being abused is begging me not to do it because it'll get worse. Like it's a very, very hard situation. So I think that's where you reach out. You ask for advice because there's also different realms. If someone is getting beaten to a pulp absolutely every day and children are at risk and all of that, yes, emotional abuse is really, really bad, but that person has to, someone can only get help when they want help. Right. And I don't think it's up to other people to step in front of that. But if you genuinely concerned then yes, you must reach out. I have many people that reach out on behalf of loved ones. I contact that loved one and I'm faced with, they're in denial. No one ever can accept that they are going to be treated like crap by someone that said that they love them. It's, it's like, it's, it messes with the mind. So it depends. It depends. I think just reach out, ask people. Like I'm there. You can literally message me and go, I have a loved one that's going through this. How can I help? And I can, at least give steps on to see if that person is willing to accept help or not.
0: You say willing to accept help or not. Do you think that perhaps some women still blame themselves and as a result don't believe that they need the help or that they've been bullied into submission that they think they are maybe part of or the cause of the problem?
1: So I think that's, that's where I, like that's what I do. I show someone their self worth, their self value. I show them that they get to love themselves. I get to, so that's where I started to do the coaching side because for me, if someone doesn't value themselves or doesn't have care for themselves, they're always going to think that they're to blame. Like I told you, I personally felt that way. Like I was treated like absolute rubbish and I thought it was me, right? And I think you get into a position where you illuminate that that person and you basically ask them questions you say do you like uh, like are you so generally these people are empaths they're people that are generally naturally kind so them standing up for themselves they feel guilty right they, they're always the helper never the helpless so what i would say is for them to find their own worth for them to surround themselves with people that um, value them them to attend like summits and speaking like I do three-day free um, challenges on my Facebook group where I show people starts from within and I know it sounds happy clappy but it really does so it's basically to empower the empower the human heal the human in order to stop the cycle so yeah that's that's how I would say it
0: Jennifer Amy Stoller thank you so much for joining us today
1: it's such a pleasure, intermittently. Thank you so much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and Jennifer's details are available on the Confidential Brief Radio Show Facebook page. You just click on her name and it'll take you through to her page. And perhaps you know somebody who can chat to her. Before we go, i sort leave you with this, this message. It's something that I write year in, year out. And it's quite historical because it mentions the pub. And I haven't been into a pub in three years. But you'll understand the message. And it's also directed towards the men. On this Women's Day, let's remember that we have a country with one of the highest rates of crimes against women in the world. Don't deny our women a voice. As men, we have to stand in support of our mothers, sisters, daughters, nieces, neighbors, and fellow citizens. For far too long, we've gone through the motions of claiming to support women's rights, yet remain silent when someone we know is in an abusive relationship and still invites known women abusers into the pub, knowing full well that what that man is capable of. Call out women abusers for what they are. Monsters who have no place in our society. And let's do this every hour, every day, every week, and every month of the year. Not just in August.